You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 517. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the Fox science fiction series, Fringe. And, you know, it's funny, I've mentioned many times about the Doctor Who podcast that I listened to with those three guys up in Canada. They were uh, they were riffing on Americans and their propensity toward exploding things on the 4th of July. But <laughs> apparently we like to explode things on July 1st as well. And the yeah, second? Well, well, if yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's been um, this, there's people around me who get a head start like three weeks in advance. So it's a it's a not a happy time for the dog. Oh my god! You know, it, it's just I don't know. I, I, big shocker that you know many Americans are just thoughtless, and uh, you know we're like the only people in our neighborhood practically that don't have a dog, much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> um, and I love dogs, and we had we had one for like eighteen years, so yeah, we will get one once again. But I, I understand as I know you do, you know, how terrifying it is for, for yeah, dogs. Yeah. And you know, these people, you have a dog and you're doing this. <laughs> so I don't know, whatever, but uh, we are recording on Monday, July 3rd this week. So the fourth is tomorrow and you know, we'll see. Yeah. Boom, you, boom as night as, yep. as we call it here. So. Yep. So, all right, as we like to remind everybody, we typically record Monday, sometimes Tuesday, once in a while Sunday. <laughs> but right. uh, anyway, audio feedback has to be in. Well, actually, all feedback, Sunday night, Eastern time, six-minute time limit for now on the audio feedback. All right, what I am watching, I suspect one of the shows you're probably watching it and if you're not watching it yet i know you'll be getting to it i just discovered season three of the witcher uh has returned to netflix and you probably noticed even if you haven't watched it yet that they're only dropping five episodes they're going to give us a mid-season cliffhanger right and then i guess i don't know a couple weeks have they said how long it's going to be before uh, we get the? i feel like they have I, I, th- I can't remember what it was. Okay. But um, I'm only one episode in. Awesome. Um, just loving. Have you watched any of it yet? No. Do, I, do you think I need to go back and like rewatch like at least season two? Well, yeah, I would say you don't need to, but I know your track record. Right. So on the one <laughs> hand, I'm kind of surprised you haven't already done it. So, well, you know, I... <sighs> I, I was thinking about. I just got caught up in other things, man. You know, like, um, but that's that's the only thing kind of holding me back. Is I feel like I should maybe go back and I don't want to watch both seasons. You know, that's the thing. And I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, sometimes what I'll do is just watch the season finale of of the prior season. I did not do that this time, and you know, it took a few minutes to reorient myself to the story, but. You know, five, ten minutes in, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving the dynamic. I, don't, I won't even mention any spoiler at this point, but I'd be shocked if you're not totally on board right away. So now the other show that I started watching is also on Netflix. It's called Vortex, and it's a French science fiction crime drama 
about this detective whose wife is killed only for them to be reunited 27 years later. And without going into the how, which is kind of spoilery, I'm, I'm kind of digging it so far. Um, okay. So I'm going to, you know, it's, it's that show for me right now that I might watch an episode every three or four days, not because I'm not into it, but just because it's, you know, it's just one of those shows that, that uh, I don't know that my wife would like it, except I say that and I'm almost positive she would. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, with uh, that new Scandinavian uh, streaming service that we got and I, i'm getting as bad as you uh we're on a free trial for yet another streaming service because <laughs> okay so you you get us on this swedish crime drama and you take us through episode seven i'm sorry uh, through season six there is a season seven there is a season eight now season nine just aired in april in europe so okay fine but what you're telling me now, I've got to go to yet another streaming service just to see season seven and eight? And the answer would be, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's this network called MHZ, which is a European streaming service. So whereas my other one's pretty much Scandinavian, this one encompasses all countries. So I don't know. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got? Uh, okay, so a couple things I meant to I was going to mention last week, but we got to talk about other things. Um, <clears throat> Black Mirror. I thought the most recent season, I think it's season six, maybe four. I don't even know. Whatever the most recent season was decent. I don't know. Like it seems like you know the first two seasons of Black Mirror really seemed to like really have that energy and everything, and then. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if the last couple seasons have been quite as good. This one, I mean, like the, I don't know. It's tough to tell. The the first one, um, Joan is awful, was great. The twist for that one was just amazing. Uh, really, really strong episode. And uh, you know, and then there was like some others in there. Uh, the last two, I had read that like I actually read something where like someone ranked all the the episodes from the pre this most recent season and uh had the, the last two episodes were like the two worst and i disagree with that uh, i really enjoyed the last one especially so you know so maybe it, it seems like nay not quite as twisty or bendy as it was though each episode did have like a little black mirror twist in there but um didn't seem as like more i guess more of the stories kind of took place either in the present time or in the past so that technology issue was not quite as prevalent it didn't seem like the one that the technology was like a vcr right which is not technology per se anymore it was at one time but anyway uh but still good um there is a movie on netflix that was i kept seeing um articles about it labeling it like uh you know like a quentin tarantino movie uh, which I like Quentin Tarantino movies. So uh, I went and watched it. And while it did bear some passing resemblance, uh, this movie called Blood and Gold, uh, I would say for the most part, is not exactly. Um, I didn't feel it was like a good use of my time, I guess I should say. 
uh, was not a great movie. It was okay. Um, very predictable, uh, you know, did have like lots of violence and, but, you know, John Wick, you know, the John Wick movies probably do that type of stuff a little bit better. So I gave a solid meh for that. Uh, I likewise give a meh to Secret Invasion, the newest uh, Marvel joint. And uh, I just watched the first episode so far and it was again, solidly okay. Um, I'm sure... I don't know. It's you know, it's it's it it it's the, these shape shifting aliens that we saw in Captain Marvel. Uh, well, you didn't, but yeah, but people who've watched Captain Marvel have seen the uh, I can't remember the name of the, the the aliens, but you know they are integrating themselves in the society. Of course, you can't tell who's who because they're shapeshifters, right? Which I know you have said, and, and I agree with you, and that you know that that. That whole shapeshifter, like cliche or whatever, can get really tired really fast, you know. And if you it, like, these people can be anyone, and you distrust everyone. It's like, I mean, I get it, but I don't know. Not necessarily the best. Uh, but speaking of the best, the best, save for last, because this was a series that uh, Michael was actually showed the pilot to his film. Um, I'm sorry, film video production class at school. And, um, you know, he, he does that class in my classroom. So he told me he was going to be showing the pod to the show. So I hung out in his class and watched it with him. Uh, it's the Apple TV show Silo. Have you heard about this one, Dave? Or? I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like four episodes in. It's pretty good, I have to admit. It's basically a, a dystopian type society. Uh, all the people of earth are, there's only like 10,000 left and they all live in this silo, uh, that goes deep underground, deep into the earth and they live inside. And like the, the, the big thing is, is that if you, cause if you go outside, you'll die. Right. And, um, so the, you know, one of the first things we see is this guy, he's the sheriff. And he locks himself into his, into the jail, throws the keys out and tells his deputy, I want to go outside. So that's like the rule of this place is if you say you want to go outside, then you're, you go like you have to go outside. You know, the, the, so far early then the, the thing is like, you know, is the outside really poisonous? Is there seems to be all kinds of dodgy things going on. The society that they live in won't let anyone keep any relics from before. So, and they don't know any history of before, like even the people in charge don't know any of the, the history. So no one knows really like why they're there exactly um, or what happened. Apparently there was a big rebellion at some point and the rebels destroyed all their information and everything. So there's a lot of sketchy kind of apocalyptic, uh, you know, dystopia type stuff going on here. Um, you know, and then the plucky new sheriff who has to solve a mystery uh, so there's a lot going for it. It's very dark, like, you know, like it's not as bad as that, uh, what, what was open range, uh, with, you know, being so dark, you can't see stuff, but it is pretty dark, uh, film thing because they live inside, right? They live underground inside. So, uh, that, uh, it's naturally film, but a lot of good people in the cast. Um, so it's, uh, I, th- I would, you might want to check it out. Dave. It's pretty yeah, good. I wrote it down. Sounds yeah. good. So, all right, well, let's get to fringe. Episode 18, Season 2, titled The Man from the Other Side, 
written by Josh Singer and Ethan Gross, directed by Jeffrey Hunt, aired April 22nd, 2010. One thing I noticed, uh, you know, the the female teenager in the opening scene, uh, Katie Findlay, is the actress. And, you know, I know I've seen her in other things, but the interesting thing, this was absolutely her first acting credit, which I thought oh, she did a nice job. That's cool. Yeah. She did. Acting. She had to play a bunch of different types of roles, you know. Yeah, she did. All right. Well, listen, I mean, the title of the episode, uh, I, again, I forget who mentions it in in the feedback section about the ambiguity uh but who, who who's your man from the other side or is um it, or is I, it two? I can't <laughs> well, i think three? whoever who, whoever is in in the uh the well I, I, well again that's the the we um i think it's alan it's uh, and probably like uh, the the ambiguity is there right in the title like what exactly, who is, which person exactly is the man from the other side? Because it could definitely refer to a lot of different uh, people there. Right. Um, I mean, Newton for sure. Well, yeah, sure. Well, Peter. Yeah. Peter. And then the the figure on the bridge, which for right. those of us that have seen the series, we know who it is. Uh, they I identify this individual you know, with with a title uh, of sorts, and uh, again, those of us that have seen it, you know, know who that figure is. So, any of those three, I'm not going to go ahead and go with the the shapeshifters that come through as uh, who who the title refers to. But uh, you know, three uh, is a, a pretty solid number to uh, right. Well, and we uh, and we also I believe Alan says we also have Walter himself, right, as being the guy who. Has been on both sides. Well, that's true, right? We we do know that at this point. Now, obviously, this is the episode in which Peter learns the truth. Interestingly, he learns it on his own. Right. Not surprisingly, he's not too happy about it. And we get to the end, and we learn that he's checked himself out of the hospital. So. How long is he going to remain missing in action? And that's one of those details that I really don't remember. I, I would suspect he's not going to be missing that long. Right. Um, you know, I would next imagine, like, yeah, I would say probably at least, I don't remember, but I would think that they would not necessarily bring him back in the very next episode, right? He's probably well, missing at least for that one. Well, yeah, and if you look at the title of next week's episode, Brown Betty, those of us that have seen the series, I don't recall that he's in that episode, but you know, it's such a unique premise and and you know, the the the, the way they've execute that storyline. So, right. uh, I I think for some people you you get this blockbuster episode in which peter learns the truth and, and uh you know some person of seeming importance has come from the other side and it's like all right i want to know what's going to happen and yeah there's going to probably be a little <laughs> bit of disappointment when you get to right. next week so uh <laughs> i kind of yeah, remember so, the brown betty episode right. you mentioned it yeah right so how do we get peter back what is it that's going to change peter's mind about working with walter i don't think he's probably got an issue 
working with Olivia, although I can see that conversation happening. I don't remember it, but right. you knew and didn't tell me. Yeah, and he has to be thinking, well, not only was Walter been acting weird, but Olivia's been acting kind of weird, too. Exactly. You know, so, oh, well, I'm sure she knew as well, and she didn't tell me either. So, yeah, maybe he's a little pissed at her as well. Right, because we talked last week or the week before that he thinks Olivia's weirdness is related to their almost kiss. And, well, there's probably some of that. (laughs) That's not even remotely what's gotten her you know in, in this kind of relationship fog that she's got with uh, her her colleagues so yeah what's it going to take to bring peter back to work with the team i i don't know i, I mean i mean now he doesn't give walter a chance to explain and i'm not sure that walter's explanation will be that convincing but you know, it's a pretty compelling explanation when you get down to it. And, it is, but it, it would have been more compelling if he'd already told Peter about it. You know, well, well, sure. And I, I don't want to excuse Walter and, and you know, you know the, this secret he's been harboring for all of this time. Certainly, it's, it's a reasonable question for Peter to ask. Well, fine, you brought me back, you cured me, why didn't you take me back? I'm not sure Walter has a good explanation other than it would have killed your mother. Well, Well, it killed her anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably, I mean, Peter is, obviously there's a number of things he's probably upset about. But I think the number one thing is that this is why his mother killed killed herself right so walter had a chance to kind of control the narrative on this right and he vacillated and he waffled and now that's where we are right so this is a lesson to you all out there kids that when you have something that uh you don't want to talk about and you're really nervous but you know you really need to you should go and get it out in the open and deal with it because the longer you wait it's only going to make things worse yeah and I mean, when when we examine you know, the situation with, with Peter's mother, we don't really know. I mean, certainly he surmises it's his disappearance that leads her to commit suicide. Maybe. Right. I mean, he, he's an adult at that point, so it's not like, you know, the other mrs bishop had to uh contend with which is her son just literally disappears and i've got no answers whatsoever so you know it, it it's a difficult question to to you know really answer and, and i don't think we really can but no but yeah but i just you know it's just so ironic that for a, a number of episodes now both olivia and walter have been wrestling with telling peter this thing that they know that he doesn't know they both kind of just decide it's best to just leave things as they are the only problem being that the truth will out as they say right yeah and and when he does find the truth he's he's very probably obviously 
very unwilling to hear what anyone has to tell him about it. Yeah, and Peter is so sweet to Walter. He comes home. He's excited. I thought we could bake together. I, I got all the ingredients for your favorite. He calls Walter dad. And right. you wonder whether he's been planning this for a while, just waiting for the right opportunity for it not to seem too weird. Or did it just happen spontaneously? And and I certainly can see either being you know, the reality. Regardless, then he's got to, Walter, that is, cope with the fact that you're not my father. Right. All right. Fair point. But yeah. to a certain extent, he did raise you. And, and again, we don't know, and we've talked, several times about whether or not there was a, a certain amount of gaslighting involved or whether they just used the, you were so sick. It was probably uh, your fever dream that made you think this stuff about, you know, being on a, another, in another universe or you, however they, you know, came to that conclusion. But, but the other thing is that Peter just doesn't seem to remember that time and again that's something we've talked about he says to walter he's like you know this is the reason i don't remember any of my childhood what what but he says any of my childhood so you don't remember i mean even if you remembered something from the other side i mean i gotta believe and we i think we've talked about this before if i'm eight years old i've probably seen zeppelins flying overhead Right. And then suddenly I'm in a world where there are no Zeppelins. Dad, what happened to the Zeppelins? Yeah. <laughs> so right. uh, so then that question, well, did they do something to Peter to cause him to forget? So, again, we don't have that answer. But in this episode, obviously Peter focuses, as does the camera, several times on that family photograph and and we look at the expression that Peter has, and it's almost one of a lack of recognition that, all right, I know that's my mother, I know that's my father, I know that's me, but there's something that's off. Yeah, and, like I don't remember ever taking this picture yeah, or posing and, and, for this or something like that, you know. Right, so he never verbalizes it, but we certainly get that sense. You know, the other thing that I didn't really realize until the rewatch today is Peter the only one that sees the man on the bridge? I, for the longest time, I've always assumed everybody saw the man on the bridge, but we get to that, that end, and, and I, I forget exactly what he says, but I sort of get the sense that nobody else saw him, and then is that because you know, he's the only one from the other side? So... Right. I did not catch anything of any indication that he was – and I just no. assumed that everyone else could – Okay. Anyone so else I, who was looking could have, could have seen it. Yeah, I may even have to go back and look at that. That's just a couple minutes at the end. So how does Olivia play this? Because obviously she can now be a sounding board for Walter. Do we read Astrid in on the fact that this Peter's from the other side. There's no reason not to. No, well, especially they 
like seen what happens when you do not you're not forthcoming sure when you hold things back when you don't tell not lying or not not telling the truth but when you hold things back then it makes things worse right as we said before so you know yeah they should definitely uh you know read astrid in on this one And, and broils as well of course well yeah i mean that goes without saying right now the thing that i found interesting and i'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself when we get to massive dynamic and brandon is unaware of the alternate universe right i'm thinking how can that be i I mean it is clearly he takes it in stride (laughs) as fred points out and he just happened to have two metronomes you know, sitting right. a couple feet away from his desk. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a great point. That all of a sudden, he just reaches behind him and pulls out two metronomes. Like, hey, I, I have to explain this probably 10 times a day, so here we go. Yeah. So we we, we certainly know that they're going to read Astrid and Broyles in on it. We know that Nina already knows about Peter's origin. There's probably not a real reason why Brandon has to know, but he does seem to be the key scientist, and I'm making air quotes here, at Massive Dynamics, so perhaps he does. I mentioned a few minutes ago, how is the team going to function without Peter? Will Astrid go into the field more? But more importantly, how is Walter going to cope? How is he going to get out of bed? Well, the next episode is called Brown Betty, so... Well, it is. (laughs) There's a hint right there. Yeah, yeah, there certainly is. Um, So we got the return of Newton and the shapeshifters. So I guess he has the equipment that David Robert Jones didn't have. I mean, it, it, it seems as if his equipment is a lot more sophisticated now. I guess we could argue that, well, he worked off of the mistakes that David Robert Jones perhaps made, but we don't know that for sure. Um, Well, and David Robert Jones was, like it seemed like he was kind of on his own, you know, like trying to create the hole so for him to cross over, whereas Newton is, you know, collaborating with uh, someone on the other side. Right, right. As, uh, I forget who, you know, I guess it might be Peter that points out when they're when they're talking about what's the difference. Well, he's got agents on both both sides. Right. At this point, I, you know, I have in my notes: should the FBI be on the alert for the next incursion? Well, of course. How though do they, you know, know where to look? I suppose. Um, I, I guess they could look for seismic activity, but but again, it just kind of comes all at the. Uh, the last minute and you know of course as as i said fringe veterans know mr secretary's identity is it a lot to go through for one man well i suppose that's depends on the purpose of of bringing this individual over so yeah so i guess we'll see you know i loved the opening scene did i not rush and well, Tom Sawyer. I, I know you love the the music with it. The, well, with the the rest of the scene was extremely cliche to like the max. Like. Well, we've got Rush, Tom Sawyer, we've got Weed, Cute Girl, Muscle Car, Abandoned yeah. Factory. What could go wrong? 
there's a lot going for it. I will admit, yeah, that's that for sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, an awesome song to start off the episode with Rush, and the, the very beginning of this song, which is just like every time I hear that guitar chord, it's just like sends kind of like chills down my spine. But then we are quickly in the teenagers doing drugs in the car. Something happens. The one wants to check it out, which really any other stoner would be like, we got to get out of here, man. You know, this guy, like, I don't know what's in that. I think Alan said, I don't know what's in that, but you know, like usually, you know, it's, it would not make you uh, more fearless. You know? Yeah. I mean, we hear the glass break instead of driving away, he decides to investigate. Yeah, exactly. And you were just like, again, I know now like marijuana is legal, but I mean, like you were still with drugs in the parking lot. Really? You're going to go investigate something. Come on. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, it just hurts my sense of narrative here, you know? And it's just such a, like a cliche that teenagers like having sex or doing drugs then need to be punished with death, you know? Well, that does seem to be uh, pretty much of a trope that that's worked its way even outside of the sci- uh, sci-fi genre as sure. well, for sure. But, you know, so, so we kind of get a sense of what's going on, although not totally, you know, right from the start. I mean, minutes later when the creature... And the, the special effects were pretty cool in this episode, for sure. Uh, but yeah. he, he pulls out the little soft palette, three-prong dealio, and uh, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, we, we've been here. We know what that is. Right, right. So he takes the, the, the young man's identity, and you know we know it's only a matter of time. I mean, at this point, we don't know that there are three shapeshifters coming from the other side, but once she screams, we're like, oh, okay, we pretty much figure out what's going on there. I love the fact that uh, Olivia notices that there's no lipstick on the joint. So, you know, I don't think she was a participant here. So we might be looking for somebody else, which, you know, of course. So, so, okay. So they investigate. It's all clear. So you didn't think to look under those sheets of cardboard box that, I, I guess the other two shapeshifters like, all right, let's put cardboard box over top of the, the one that didn't. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Because like the shapeshifters know, I mean, they know about fringe division, right? They've already had a run in with them. Sure. So, you know, like, like why are they so sloppy with leaving bodies lying around that, you know, basically it's not that hard for the fringe team to, track down the shapeshifters right well you wouldn't think and like you said newton certainly got plenty of experience on this side and and he knows the bishops and he knows olivia dunham he knows massive dynamics so yeah like you said you'd think they'd be a lot more careful and yeah, like just take the bodies with you or something you know don't leave them just lying around like and, and i guess we're just gonna say, find it and then boom like you know like Right, and I guess we could say that Newton's a bit cavalier about carrying out the mission one man down, but it works sure. out. So I, I guess on the one hand, you know, he was right to to continue the mission because, as he said, I believe it was the next window of opportunity would have been seven months or something like that. So 
you know the uh, the picture I mentioned, and and again, I mean, there's so much emotion in this episode, and and some of it doesn't really resonate until we see how the episode is going to end. You know, Peter talking to Olivia about how how bad he feels about only talking to Walter once in the 17 years he was in St. Clair. It's like, okay, you understand, but you don't understand. I mean, Walter was apparently, see, I don't think it's fair to say a crap father because I think there were enough stories that, that we've learned about their past that indicate, well, I mean, okay, yes, he was a scientist. Yes, he was preoccupied with his work. Uh, he probably wasn't driving Peter to Little League and that sort of thing. But, you know, I always go back to those Pancake Saturdays that mm-hmm. that, that everybody remembers so fondly. Right, so, right. Well, there's, there's certainly some good memories there. But, you know, we have to remember, we've talked about it a number of times, how much Peter did not want to be there to help out Walter in the the pilot episode of Fringe, right? Well, yeah. That there was definitely some, and we really haven't even, we you know, we've, we can only you know guess really at, at what went down, why Peter was so angry, except for the fact that I remember he actually, I believe he called his dad Doctor Frankenstein, right? So yeah, um, that you know Walter did kill someone, like someone died because of. Walter's experiment. So, was that what drove Peter away, or was it a compounding of things? And we talked about the significant amount of gaslighting that must have taken place for this young kid, wondering why everything's so different. Like, like you said, where's the Zeppelins, right? Um, in addition to Peter, maybe just always physiologically feeling out of place. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Not being able to explain that, but also then still feeling like this isn't right. Like, something's not right about everything, you know? Right. I mean, this episode is so much about the two universes being out of sync slightly with each other. So is that something physiologically that he's felt and sensed his whole life? We don't know, but it'll be interesting to see if it ever comes up again. I mean, we also have to really feel for Olivia because in one respect, she's caught in the middle. And when she realizes what's going on here, she's like, you know how much Walter loves you, right? Because it's almost as if she can anticipate what's going to happen down the road. Right. And on the one hand, had she not called that, hey, I'm coming over to pick you guys up. We got a case. Walter may have gotten the words out and and, and told Peter the truth, but you know, as well, has happened I mean, before. Ex- exactly. I mean, Walter's had tons of opportunities, and he just has not done it. Um, and again, we—I'm I'm not going to condemn him 100 percent for it, but he's had chances to 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 talk to Peter and to let him know and to be able to, like I said, to control the narrative and and tell his side of the story, but now that that's gone, right? Peter doesn't want to hear it. He's not even, we don't even know where Peter is now. Now you mentioned, and I agree with you that if we were doing our really, really section that the uh, teenage young man getting out of the car to go investigate, really, but 
Oh, I've got gonna, one that's you're even touch it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hesitated. All right. Newton fakes the heart attack so he can get inside the morgue to activate the device. And I'm thinking like, wait, what? They didn't check his pockets. Right. They just, they just zip them up in a bag. Yeah, just zip them up in the bag and throw them in there. Yeah. So you don't look <laughs> in his pockets to see who he is. Yeah, if he's yeah, got, yeah. Oh, come on. God. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. right. I wonder why this guy had a heart attack. Does he have something on him that might've been contributing? No, yeah. oh, there's this massive dildo in his pocket. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my, or sonic screwdriver, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, right. For, in a more family friendly uh, environment. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so you know, we talked a little bit about. Uh, um, you know, it, now that just has opened up a whole new world of what that sonic screwdriver really was meant for. Now, there, there you go. So, um, I can't get that out of my head now. All right, so uh, we get the explanation for how Bell and Walter sent the car to the other universe, and all right, uh, fine. He, you know, he just happened to have all these tuning forks uh, again at his disposal, which okay, fine. You know, tuning forks, um, metronomes, uh, metronomes, tuning forks. These are things you must have within hand's reach of at all times. Of course, of course. But again, it doesn't take us long to figure out what's going on. Um, oh, you know the dude that is up on the the pole and he's you know placing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. um, I believe I, I meant to go back and look at this, but the character's name is David Wu, and I feel like I remember during the series original run that David Wu was was just simply a fan. I don't know if he was a podcaster or what, and that the, the writers just wrote him in. And maybe I'm misremembering. Okay. I meant to look that up. Well, um, I mean, that happened to you, right? So. Yeah, well, it did, yeah, with Continuum, for sure. Didn't didn't use my last name, but uh, they used uh, yeah. me and Mike. So, um, yeah. so. Walter also is really blaming himself for the failure with the shapeshifter, not, you know, being able to, I guess, develop to completeness so that they could get more information out of him. And, and, and Peter's like, how could you possibly have known? And we're like, yeah, I mean, listen to your son. Well, he's not your son, but listen to this yeah. guy anyway. Now, the other thing, and I believe it was Fred that, mentions it in his feedback because i'm thinking all right how is it that olivia knows about the water absorbing excess electricity and peter and walter don't and i'm thinking like all right but apparently they discussed that with her before or well because when he tells her the story he mentions how the you know they put the the thing on top of the lake Okay. Um, so the water could absorb the Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. So she just remembered that and made the connection a few seconds before they eat, you know, either of them probably would have made the connection. Oh, okay. And that right. makes that certainly makes more sense. And I, I don't mean to knock Olivia's scientific knowledge because you know, she knows right. a lot, but uh, you know, just just saying got to love the fact that she just immediately shoots the one uniformed cop in the forehead because 
Yeah, not that his yeah. regular phone was malfunctioning, so he had to use his cell phone, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Like, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That, that's the first thing I thought. Like, that seems a, a bit of a hasty decision yeah but yeah, to, but but to be fair in this situation she doesn't have much time so yeah, you can't just go shooting cops in the head I and mean, you know like what if well, I, cops I, I can't shoot, remember someone uh, civilians in the head. okay true but yeah. <laughs> not all of them um but uh you, you know but but still like to just base your decision for killing a person on the fact that he's calling something in on his cell phone, which granted, yeah, that seems unusual. Like they have like a little, right. They probably have like a little radio on their shoulder. It seems like in TV, they always have that. Sure. Um, that would have been how he would have called it in uh, rather than using the phone. So, I mean, granted, yes, but she could have maybe done something like, Hey, who won the world series last year or something like that. Yeah. That's the, uh, the old world war two, uh, Question yeah, the, of uh, truth. From, what was what was that movie? Um, oh, well, I mean, every world it was about, war. Oh, the longest day. It was about D Day. Okay, and the, there were you know German soldiers going around disguised as Americans. So they had all these. You know, there's a one scene of the the two people like asking each other questions to make sure that they're both Americans and everything. It's really cool. Good movie. I didn't, maybe rewatch that one. Oh, okay. Walter's driving onto the bridge. So then it, it takes me back to when Walter was learning to drive. So his driving lessons, I guess, paid off. And, and, and more to the point, though, it's the bravery that Walter exhibits because it's already been discussed that it's a dangerous job, whoever does it. And granted, Peter realized, look, two of us him do this a lot more quickly and and you know once they get out there and peter's like oh your calculations are off i can fix it right now so again whatever yeah and then he sends walter back and then of course we've got the you know that that culminating scene when you know the, the dude the, just blows the, up well i guess first oh yeah yeah the fbi agent just disintegrates but then it, it's that missing middle part of the bridge that appears from the other side right and then allows uh you know the man from the other side to presumably walk over to like, this side how? like right well yeah like how did he make it over because they made the other bridge disappear like did he just fall down into the water then or something or what's going like how like at the end when the, the guy is has you know we discover that the dude from the other side has actually crossed over i'm not sure exactly how that happened maybe they'll tell us in the future but i doubt it yeah they'll just expect us to take it on faith yeah i guess so um peter wakes up in the hospital bed were you expecting him to look at ophelia with absolutely no recognition because um, I forgot. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, he didn't carry that out for it almost looked like he 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 knew what he had there, which is he could really, you know, kind of yank her chain for a couple of minutes that who Yeah, are you? but I also think he like he he sees Olivia and he does smile, you know, a little bit. Well he does, but so. but he's got that in the back of his mind yeah. what he now knows. Right. Right. 
And but you would think it would take him a while to, like, he's been out for a day and a half. So, sure. you know, you think there would be some adjustment period in there somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. What else? Well, uh, the, the, that was great, the, the scene. Because again, again, we don't get a lot of humor in Fringe, but, you know, when Astrid asks Walter if he's going to reanimate the corpse, and Walter's yeah. like, don't be ridiculous. And then he's like, um, yeah, instead we're going to, uh, you know, try and, and give this uh, embryo from another dimension uh, something it can transform into. Yeah. Like, it appears like, oh, that's definitely, that's not ridiculous at all. You know, like, so that was a, a funny, funny thing. Dr. Frankenstein's lab here for sure. Well, there was also this, I think Peter says it, that shapeshifters are soldiers and soldiers always come with orders. So, you know, that's. Again, this a, a reference back to this oncoming war between the two worlds or the two universes, um, and that all these children in Jacksonville they were being trained to be soldiers in the war, and then we have the shapeshifters as the soldiers for the other side in this war. So this you know kind of this wartime symbolism ish stuff is going on that that's kind of been continuing through the uh, uh, through the entire series pretty much. Yeah, and that's something we've seen in sci-fi quite a bit. It, continuum, in that case, it was time travel rather than parallel universe, but it's always you, you, these people from the other side or from the future that live in a crap world and want to come and you know do something to mitigate you know, whatever it is. And, you know, generally they don't care that they're going to hurt this other innocent time or universe. And that, like you said, that's what we got here as well. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, you know, Joy Division said that love will tear us apart, but uh, sometimes, especially for the FBI agent, uh, interdimensional travel is what uh, tears you apart. Again, yeah. So there you go. I yeah. like it. All right, you want to get to the listener feedback? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Megan Ray from Canada checks in via email this week and says, Hello, Dave and Wayne. Uh, no audio feedback, but wanted to share a few thoughts. Clever episode title referring to both the man on the bridge and Peter and, like we said, perhaps Newton. This episode was clearly written for the purpose of having a way for Peter to figure out that he's from the other side before Walter tells him, but it didn't feel contrived, which again is a hard line to walk and well done. Olivia still clearly seems out of sorts in this episode, very tense, unsmiling with the internal tension of knowing and not wanting to tell Peter, but waiting for the shoe to drop. When she knows it would be the bridge because they would need the water for energy displacement i see this as a slip-up she shouldn't know this and would normally have kept her mouth shut and wait for walter to point this out as walter would clearly know this as well and and that's what we were talking about which was something that that i forgot happened but i think that's the answer there luckily they were in a hurry and peter didn't have time to question her though they then spend some time driving to the bridge, which I imagine would have been an even more tense car ride than usual for this reason. I felt like the shapeshifter officers contacting their superior using the cell phone instead of the radio would not be enough evidence to justify point blank headshots. You might have a point there. 
Uh, the consequences, if she was wrong, would just be too high. I feel like Peter's emotional reaction to the revelation was justified, which again shows the masterful writing and dropping just the right amount of hints and building up his bond with Walter. Yeah, totally agree. Right. And then Megan uh, mentioned something that, you know, Megan, I think if we had a spoiler zone, this would be the place for it. But you might maybe think about posting in the Facebook group with, you know, a big spoiler tag. So I don't, I don't want to read your next paragraph here. Very much looking forward to the next episode. I plan to watch with the commentary and pass on any interesting tidbits I've oh. learned about the actors' experiences of doing a musical episode. So there we go. Thanks, cool. Megan Ray from Canada. All yeah. right, cool. Cheers. And Megan Ray, I forgot to mention that uh, my grandmother was from Canada. I have a lot of family in, uh, in upcountry Ontario. So it's great to have a, a Canadian uh, contributing to the show. Thank cool. you. All right. Well, Alan in England checked in via audio feedback, so let's hear what he's got. Hello, sci-fi TV rewatch people. This is Alan from England talking mostly about the Fringe episode of The Man from the Other Side. Firstly, what I'm watching, uh, continuing with Strange New Worlds, really loved episode three. Again, a bit reminiscent of some previous Star Trek episodes. Very nicely done. Black Mirror. Episode 2 I thought was a bit predictable. Episode 3 much more unpredictable and a bit more sci-fi. So I like that one. Still enjoying Warrior Nun. And now season 3 of The Witch has come out. So I'll be getting on that as well. So Fringe. The Man from the Other Side. I do love an ambiguous title. Who is the man from the other side? Does it mean Newton? Does it mean a shapeshifter? Is it whoever came through at the end? Which I guess it is. But then, who was that? The first man from the other side is, of course, Peter. From the other perspective, it was Walter, back in the 80s. Not sure what that guy's smoking at the start, but he really keeps on poking at that shapeshifter until he gets a reaction, which is much more than he bargained for. Is that Newton guy just the worst boss ever? Or just really driven? He's quite sarcastic to those shapeshifters. Maybe they need a union. Got a mysterious signal? Coming from another universe? Need the FBI? Nope, just Massive Dynamics Brandon. He'll investigate it. He loves way out phenomena. Although how he can say in another universe, of course, time would be out of sync. I don't know how he knows that. But maybe such things could have been uh, being observed by Massive Dynamic ever since Walter first started observing Walternet. It's just downright creepy. When that shapeshifter hands McAllister a picture of his own face just before taking him out. Uh, meanwhile, Peter thinks that Walter wants to do a How I Lost Your Mother speech. Olivia knows it isn't, but can't say. Back in the lab, it's a full-on Dr. Frankenstein situation, getting that shapeshifter embryo charged up to uh, reveal what's happening. But I wonder why it says it's sorry at the end and who it thinks it's saying sorry to. Is this the first episode that Peter calls Walter dad? It's quite moving for Walter, but we can feel that Fringe is doing that please invest even more in this relationship before being about to pull the rug away. Uh, Shapeshifter Wu was supposed to be fixing a transformer, but really it's him that's a kind of robot in disguise. 
I see how Olivia talks about the water absorbing the force of the crossover, obviously drawing on her knowledge from Walter's retelling of the time when Peter was brought over. But she can't reveal how she knows what she knows. Walter knows how she knows, but he isn't letting on either. Then Olivia straight up shoots that fake cop, saying, well, he wouldn't have used his phone. Well, he might have used his phone. Good job it wasn't a real cop who just happened to have a bad radio. Uh, That other FBI guy, he picked a bad day to be on the bridge and gets vaporised. Guess he was wearing a red shirt under that outfit. It was hard to tell who the man was coming through on the bridge. I think you're meant to deliberately not be able to recognise who that is. On awakening, Peter quickly works out what's happened based on what he's seen and the fact that he didn't get vaporised. And he confronts Walter. Now, Walter's absolute devastation is all over his extremely well-acted face. Now it's Walter's world that is crumbling. So Mr. Secretary's come through, but who is that? Is it Walternet? Is it Bell? I wasn't really sure. Even though I watched ahead some months ago, when I watched this episode, I still can't remember who it is. It's clearly someone we do know, but they're hiding the face to keep up the suspense. Meanwhile, Peter has disappeared, uh, but probably in the regular way. It feels like all this season has been leading up to Peter's understanding of what happened to him, but now we have other mysteries to deal with as well. As is often the case, some information revealed, other questions unanswered. Really excellent episode. Take care, Alan from England. Glad I'm not the only one that thought the teen boyfriend makes a series of bad decisions, the least of which is smoking a joint in an abandoned parking lot. But uh, right. <laughs> And then always great to see Brandon. Uh, I think we've pretty much addressed most of what Alan talks about, unless there's something I'm forgetting. Well, I, you know, he, he mentioned how uh, maybe the shape shifters need to, uh, you know, unionize. And I'm, I, I'm totally for that. You know, Alan, I don't know if you are in the Labour Party up there in England, but I think that's a fabulous idea. I think shapeshifters do need some representation here on their world and this. And uh, so, you know, if any shapeshifters out there and your boss is belittling you and not giving you fair wages, um, let's get this thing done. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, let's hear what Fred in the Netherlands has. We'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Fringe episode, The Man from the Other Side, Season 2, Episode 18, or, according to IMDb, Episode 19. It's a pity that Peter and Walter didn't go to that Star Trek convention. I really would have loved to see Walter walk around on a Star Trek convention and see Walter meeting Spock in full makeup. And since Peter now knows and we have seen how he is feeling about Walter, that's not going to happen in the near future either or ever. First little nitpick. Brandon got an idea about two universes not being in sync, but once in a while they are in sync. And then suddenly he has two metronomes just standing by. How convenient. Another one is when Walter got the idea about the tuning forks. 
It's the middle of the night. They called Olivia and he apologizes to her that he got her out of bed. Well, getting six tuning forks and two toy cars in the middle of the night. And not any toy cars, but 1970s Chevrolet Monte Carlo. And not a simple one, but a convertible. Of course, available in every toy shop. Especially the 1970s model. Uh, okay... Or are they just laying around like metronomes in Brandon's lab? I did like the very basic geometry that they had to apply. Very nice. Good episode for high school kids. So that they could see that you really can use this stuff in real life. The ending is of course awful when Peter says you're not my dad. But what exaggerates that is that halfway the episode, or 26 minutes in... He calls Walter dead, and even Walter is amazed about it. So, maximum connecting versus maximum disconnecting, which makes the ending even more awful. Last week I had predicted this uh, in the sense of, I said, well, I wonder who is going to tell Peter it, or he is discovering it himself. Actually, he is a bright guy, so I think there was enough hints in in everything that happened that he could have figured it out earlier. Even Astrid picked some of those hints up. This week, by the way, Walter calls her Astrid again. So I think last week he was so out of his comfort zone and so stressed out that he made that mistake again. Who is the secretary? Who came over from the other side? I had the idea when I saw that figure on the bridge... It wouldn't be William Bell. If we know the posture of Leonard Nimoy, it's slender and long. And this person was not like that. It must be an older person because the hand that grabs Newton's hand is a hand of an old, I would say man, not a woman. It could be the other Walter. Well, we have to wait and see. Okay, that would be all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Walter at a Star Trek convention? That would be freaking awesome. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to see it. Now, could Peter have figured out his origin earlier? I don't Uh. know. That would kind of assume that he had some question about his origin. Yeah, and, and you know what? Because he seems to, you know, like he, he figures it out really quickly, right? Because he's been comatose for a day and a half. So basically, probably as soon as he saw that other guy blow up and he didn't, he's like, oh, you know, so I would posit that this is something that he had thought about before, but had probably dismissed it as being, ah, that's that's silly, you know? But then you know, always wonder, as he said, how come I don't remember in my childhood? Oh, look at this. There's a whole nother world with other people out there who are the mirrors of people in this world. Hmm. I wonder if I can't remember my childhood because, like, I don't know. I'm from that other world. Ah, that's silly. You know? So I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that's nothing. He, It's something he hadn't, like, maybe just mulled over, maybe. I guess, but I, I think at this point, all of our characters, save Walter, there, there's really, I mean, I mean, it's easy to say that, 
you know, it's like this world, but slightly different that, you know, there's one of you over there and you're slightly different. You, you know, maybe you're a teacher, but you're a math teacher or, you know, that's crazy. A social studies teacher. Uh, So I think that's easy to say, but there's really no evidence to, I think, get Peter to think that, oh, you know, I, I see all these pictures of us that, you know, in, in this world, but yeah, something seems off. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm thinking, nah, I think it's reasonable that he hasn't figured it out until now. Well, I'm not saying he figured it out. I'm just saying it might have been just a passing thought yeah, in okay. his head, just like, and then he, that which one which he immediately would have dismissed. But then when he sees the guy blow up next to him, he doesn't, then that might bring that those passing thoughts like kind of to the fore, you know? Right. Yeah. Good point. All right. Anything else about Fred's feedback? No. Uh, Megan Ray, Alan, Fred, thank you so much. Great stuff as always. I'm going to go A minus. A couple of the realies. Yeah. Knock that down for me. Too, too so. many reallys to give it an A. I agree. A minus. It was, it was good. Don't get me wrong. Really good episode. And yeah. the ending is chilling to say the least. So. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I just want to bring up one thing real quickly before we sign off. Uh, as I'm trolling YouTube, which I am want to do, and as anybody that gets on YouTube knows, you, you, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you're saying, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) So I'm watching a clip from a current, I want to say ABC. I think it's ABC. I've never actually seen the show. It's called The Rookie. Okay. Nathan Fillion. Exactly. So Nathan Fillion plays, you know, somebody that's a bit older when he decides he wants to be a police officer. So he's a uniform and he's clearly the oldest uniform in his whatever department. So here's a scene where he pulls over a vehicle and he goes up and it's, you can see right away, it's like a Lamborghini or a Corvette or something. And he leans in and it's Trisha Helfer at the wheel. So of course we know Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica and Lucifer. And then the camera, you know, kind of pans over and it's like, we see his partner who was played by Melissa O'Neill, who was number two in dark matter. I'm thinking, I love it. Yeah. I mean, she was my favorite character in dark matter. Uh-huh. Um, Elena actually bought me her music CD that, you know, like so many oh, yeah. of these actors, they're also right. singers and performers and whatever. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool for sure. And it's just a great scene. It's, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube if you're interested. But uh, all right, I guess that will do it. Unless you got any final thoughts? No. All right. Well, my brain well, is emptied out. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything going on in your genre TV world? Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 19, titled Brown Betty. But until then... You know, Dave, as they say in Finland, there's more than one way to roast a reindeer.